That good number back up there with us, I'll tell you. Thank the Lord for that. Still don't have them all back with us, but prayerfully here soon we'll all be back together. Thank the Lord. I want you to be much in prayer for other families that are not able to be here. Pray God would bless them as well. I'd like to ask you to turn your Bibles to the book of Colossians with us as we look into our second lesson. As you remember, the last time we were together, we had gone over a kind of an introduction to what we were going to be looking at. So tonight, we're opening up this first chapter, these first 14 verses of Scripture, and we're going to see what the Apostle Paul has for the church at Colossae. And pray God will just bless us as well because this is a letter that's not only addressed to Colossae, but it's also addressed to the Emanuel Baptist Church at Old Town here tonight. We pray God will bless you. Now the Bible states this, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, and Timothy is our brother, to the saints and the faithful brethren in Christ which are at Colossae, Grace be unto you, and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We give thanks to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus, and of the love which you have to all the saints, for the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, whereof ye heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel, which is come unto you as it is in all the world, and bringeth forth fruit as it doth also in you since the day you heard of it, and knew the grace of God in truth. As you also learned of Ephraim, our dear fellow servant, who is for you a faithful minister of Christ, who also declared unto us your love in the Spirit, for this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with, all, with the knowledge of His will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might, according to His glorious power, unto all patience and longsuffering with joyfulness, giving thanks unto the Father which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who hath delivered us <clears throat> from the power of darkness, and hath translated us into the kingdom of His dear Son, in whom we have redemption through His blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Our most gracious and divine Heavenly Father, Lord, tonight as we bow before your throne, once again we're thankful just to be able to assemble together as your children in the house of thy place of called worship. Lord, tonight as we do come into this place of worship, we do so with thankful hearts. We are humbled at the fact that you promised that you would be with us. Where two or three are gathered in your name, you said you would be in the midst, and Lord, we believe today that somewhere in this house you're with us. And Father, I pray that you will walk amongst us tonight. 
Lord, that you may walk up and down the aisles and in and out of these pews. You may touch the heart of every person in this house. Lord, help us to be able to walk away here tonight thankful to be back in thy house of worship. But Lord, also we pray for the many that are not able to be here tonight. We still have some that are sick and on beds of affliction. Lord, we have some that are not able to be here for whatever reason. You know all about it. And Father, for these we ask, we plead on their behalfs, Lord, that you would hasten a time where they could be back with us. Now, Lord, we pray for the sick, that you would touch them, give them health and healing. We pray, dear God, that you would be of those that are standing in need tonight and able to be with us. Sister Mildred and others, Lord, we pray for them that you would just be gracious. Lord, that she may feel your presence in that place where she's at even now. Lord, that you may bless this congregation in a way that we'd have to know that it truly is a touch from the Master's hand. So Lord, bless our evening. Give me freedom of speech and power and demonstration of the Holy Spirit. Father, bring to my memory the things that I've studied over the last few weeks. And Lord, may your name be praised and lifted up. We ask, O oh God, that you would just be with us and forgive us our sin. In Jesus Christ's name, his sake that I pray. And amen. <clears throat> now before I go any further, as I said, there are bulletins, new bulletins in the back. Please pick one up on the way out. That'll give you some information on what's coming up. I will make this announcement. February the 17th be the wildlife dinner down at Quincy, down at Faith. So I know some of you really like to go to that. So remember that. The Christian Workers Conference will be there on March 9th. The men's meeting will be this coming Saturday night here in the Fellowship Hall, Lord willing, at 6 p.m. And the ladies' meeting will be Tuesday at 7 p.m. here at the Fellowship Hall. So with that all being said, we'll get on into our message now. I should have said that earlier, and I, you know how it is. <laughs> you get up and you forget what to say or when to say it. These first 14 verses of Scripture tonight, I believe we're going to see one thing and one theme that really makes a difference in a church's life. And that is the inclusion of all the church family. In most of Paul's writings, as, as you look at his, his epistles as he written, had written to many churches, the one thing that he was always primed to speak of is the whole body of Christ. Now there are instances when he wrote to individuals such as Philemon. He was speak, speaking to him individually, I, I know that, but... In most of his writings, when he was writing to the church, he was not writing to one particular group. He was not writing to one particular man. He was writing to the whole church family. And folks, that is the building block of any church, is the uniting of the whole body in Christ to come together in unity and love and in accordance with God's Word. The Apostle Paul's encouraging words to all is the is my title tonight. And I will just begin this with this. Emmanuel, we begin our study tonight with some very good ways 
to show the right kind of attitude toward other brothers and sisters in Christ. The Apostle Paul always revealed his true feelings and identity for other saints of God, regardless of their standing and regardless of their state within the church. He was always sure to include the whole body, whether he was asking of their welfare as saints or checking on their physical or emotional state. So tonight I want you to notice how the Apostle Paul opened up this letter in these first two verses of Scripture. At first it acknowledges the fact of who he is and who's with him and what they're doing. But I want you to notice immediately right after that in verse 2 it says, To the saints and the faithful brethren in Christ which are at Colossae, grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Here in Colossians chapter 1 and verse 2, the Apostle Paul speaks in this letter to all the saints. This recognition of the whole church leaves nobody sitting on the sidelines wondering if they're important enough to be noticed. We all need to feel like we're seen and like we're heard. As a matter of fact, in 1 Thessalonians in chapter 2, if you'll go here with me for just a moment, 1 Thessalonians in chapter 2, right on over just the next, the next book, I want you to notice what is being said here. In these first 12 verses of Scripture, we see again how the Apostle Paul begins to open up this letter. Paul and Silvanus and Timotheus unto the church of the Thessalonians, which is in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace be unto you, and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. He immediately goes to his to a, to a to a recommendation, a, a thankfulness of who they are and what they are. He says, "We give thanks to God always for you all, making mention of you in our prayers." Remembering without ceasing your work of faith, your labor of love, and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of God and our Father. Knowing, brethren, beloved, your election of God, for our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Ghost and in much assurance as you know what manner of men we were among you for your sake. And ye became followers of us, and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Ghost, so that you were in samples to them that believe in Macedonia and Achaia. I want you to think about those, that phrase for just a moment. We are, <clears throat> we are as the people of God. We that are saved and members of this body. We are to be examples not only to each other here, but to everyone outside these doors. People ought to look at the Emmanuel Missionary Baptist Church and they ought to say there's a church that, that doesn't just preach the Word, but they, they live the Word. There's a church that, that not only says they love one another, but they do love one another in their works and their deeds and action. You see, that is a drawing force in today's society. I want you to know that. 
This world today needs that. This world today, uh, 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 those in the in the world today that are saved, maybe they're maybe they don't have a church family. Maybe they're looking for somewhere to go. We've seen all kinds of families that are struggling to find somewhere to worship. I want you to know something. It is up to us to make ourselves welcoming in the sight of others that they may come in and feel like this is a place that they can worship. Feel like this is a place that they can, that they can be accepted. Feel like this is a place where they can actually be loved and and be a part of a group of individuals that make up a body. Listen, that's important today. That's one thing people all over this country is looking for. Something that's real. Something that's not, uh, not put on, but something that is, that is lasting. Something that is felt. You know, as we, as we look at these Scriptures, you know, oftentimes we are... We are made to wonder, maybe, maybe through our own negligence, maybe it's, uh, maybe it's our own uh, uh, demeanor. But listen, I know there's times when we don't really feel like we're a part. But folks, you need to know that you're a part in this church. You're here tonight. You're members of this body. You're important. That's one thing that I've always said down through my ministry here. And every member is important. There's no big eyes and there's no little use. Every one of us have a part. And every one of us have a work. And everybody's work is important. Because it's for the advancement of this church and the glory of God. The Apostle Paul did not exclude others. He didn't just go to those who would flatter him with words. No, he was always for all the people of God, even those who were of a lesser state and standing. Now, secondly, I want you to look at this and again in verse 2 of our text in chapter 1 of the book of Colossians. I want you to think about this. First of all, within the opening of verse 2, we find the apostle's true heart. He states this now in verse 2. We go back to our text. I get out of Thessalonians. We'll go back here again to Colossians 1 and 2 where the Bible says, To the saints and the faithful brethren in Christ which are at Colossae. Here's what I want you to really get a hold of here. This is our second point. Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. We give thanks to God always for you all. He states this now, making mention of you in our prayers. You know, in verse 3 here, as we look at this, we have to understand that that's one of the greatest things that we have for each other is praying for one another. Prayers for the saints of God. Being, being, being in that position where the only way to find real peace is to know that you have a family of God that's praying for one another. Think about this. You cannot be praying for one's blessing and good and at the same time be against them. You cannot pray for one's good and their welfare and at the same time be doing things to hurt them. You see, it doesn't work like that. 
when we're praying for one another, listen, it, it ought to be fervent prayer that's real. It ought to be fervent prayer that means something. It ought to be fervent prayer that really reaches the horns of the altar in heaven whereby we know that we feel the blessings of God coming our way. You see, when we're not doing that, when our prayers are filled with hypocrisy, we say things to be heard, but yet our actions are, are doing something else. That's when it really begins to hurt the church family. That's a reason why Paul is stating this. I think it's a reason why we need to get a hold of this even greater in today's society. Listen. He said, I always pray for you. My days are began at 5 a.m. with the prayers of every person in this house. As I come in the back door, I'm coming up the way and I'm praying for every every person, not just families, but for every person. That includes our little ones. Now I'll come up this way, then I'll go down this way, and I'm praying for every person that I see. People that may not have been here for a while. But I'm still praying, Lord, make a work in their lives. And that's the way Paul was, that's what Paul's indicating here. He said he's always praying, making mentioning of them in the prayers. What for? For their good and for God's glory. That's the way we ought to be. Romans in chapter 1, if you would please. Romans in chapter 1. I know this is not anything that's strange to you. Sometimes the pastor feels like it might be a strange thing that you're hearing. But listen, it's not a strange thing. These are things that are all through the Word of God. As a matter of fact, here when Paul was writing to the Christians in Rome, notice what he says in verse 8. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all, that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. For God is my witness whom I serve in with, with my spirit in the gospel of His Son, that without ceasing I mention of you in, always in my prayers, making request if by any means now at length I might have a prosperous journey by the will of God to come unto you. For I long to see you, that I may impart unto you some spiritual gift to the end you may be established. That is, that I may be comforted together with you by the mutual faith, both of you and me. We go over to 1 Corinthians in chapter 12. And notice what it says here as you begin in verse 12. We're speaking about that one body, that whole body together. Everybody being important. He says, for as the body is one and hath many members, and all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body. Whether we be Jew or Gentile, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into that one Spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. If the foot shall say, Because I am not of the hand, I am not of the body, 
Is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear shall say, Because I am not of the eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not the body? If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where were the smelling? But now hath God set the members, every one of them in the body, as it had pleased Him. You may be thinking tonight you're here by accident, but you're not. You're here with a purpose. You're here by God's divine plan. We look at things that happen to us in life and we say, why in the world? Why has it happened this way that this is where I'm at tonight? God has put that plan into action. God has done that. And if you know without a shadow of a doubt that God has done that, you have to know that it is you and your responsibility to be all you can be for the glory of God in this body. To be a part, to make yourself a part now listen to me. You know I, I, you know I've heard people say. You know I had a, I had a church member to tell me one time, uh, not here but at another church. Well, well, preacher, I, I just don't feel like I fit in. I just don't feel like I'm. A part. Listen, try, make yourself a part, become a part, become that needed and added thing that's going to be a blessing to the whole body. It takes work. You don't just come in and sit down and say, all right, bless me. No, why don't you be a blessing to others? Then we'll, when we all start working together and thriving together, you'll see things begin to blossom like you have never seen before in your life. I'm talking about your own spiritual well-being. I'm talking about your own, your own uh, sense of, of worth in, in a church. Listen, you're worth something in this body. You're worth something. You know why I know that? Because God gave His Son to die for you and to place you in such a place such as this. You're very valuable. You're not just valuable to God. You're not just valuable to the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, but you're valuable to this pastor. And you're valuable to each and every member that makes up this body. You are important to this church. He says, But now hath God set the members, every one of them in the body, as it hath pleased Him. This was always the Apostle Paul's entrance into the family of God in any location. He always promoted the whole church and he lifted up the whole body together he strived to be that unity maker. And listen, that's what we need to be here tonight. We need to be that unified unit. Because that's the only unit that will glorify the Lord rightfully so. Now thirdly, in Colossians chapter 1 verse 3 down through verse 10, again here we go back to our text. Colossians in chapter 1 in verse 3 the Bible says we give thanks to God and the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ praying always for you 
Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love which you have to all the saints, for the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, whereof you heard before the word of the truth of the gospel, which is come unto you as it is into all the world, and bringeth forth fruit as it doth also in you, since the day you heard of it, and knew the grace of God in truth. As you have also learned of Ephraim, our dear fellow servant, who is for you a faithful minister of Christ, who also declared unto us your love in the Spirit. For this cause we also, since the day we heard of it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of His will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. The Apostle Paul now acknowledges the whole church's work and calling. Here in Colossians chapter 1 verse 3, the Apostle Paul reveals the importance of whole church ability to work together for a common goal. In 2 Corinthians 1 and verse 11, again we see remembering without ceasing your work of faith and your labor of love. Your work of faith, your call to salvation, your evident ability after salvation to look towards the heavenly goal. That work which will matter in the hereafter. That form of work which will enable you to lay up treasures in heaven, to be able to lay crowns at the feet of Jesus. You see 2 Corinthians 5, I believe it is in verse 10, Take time to read verse 9 through verse 15 there. You'll see that one day we're all going to stand and our works are going to be tried one day. Whatever's done for the Lord's going to come out the other side as gold tried in the fire. There's a place right there where we can build up treasures and, and rewards that we can lay at the feet of Jesus one day. You see, when we get to heaven... If we, are, if we have gained any crowns, if we have gained any treasures, listen, we're not going to want to hold on to them there. We're going to want to lay them at the feet of the Savior who gave His life for us. That's what we're going to want to do. And I pray that each and every one of us will not be those that are saved yet so as by fire. In other words, standing in the ashes. I don't want to be standing in the ashes. Although I know I'm going to have a lot of ashes. I know there's things that I've done that's not been done rightfully so. And there's going to be things, my works are going to be burned up and there's going to be some of those going to be turned to ash. But I do pray that I'm going to have rewards also to be able to lay at the feet of Jesus. I do pray that we're going to receive the crown, the crown of rejoicing that we see in 1 Thessalonians in chapter 2. I pray that we'll have a crown of righteousness that 2 Timothy 4 and 8 speaks of. I pray that we'll have a crown of life that James 1 and 2 and Revelation 2.10 speaks of to lay at His feet. And I'm sure hoping for a crown of glory that 1 Peter 5 and 4 speaks of. Listen, I know that one day all of us are going to be standing at the Bema Seat of Christ that are redeemed. That's where you want to be, believe me. You don't want to be at the great white judgment throne seat of God. 
Because there it is already too late and for sure not only will all your works be cast away as filthy rags, but you yourself will be a cast away into a lake that burneth forever and ever. What an awful place to be. Would it not be best for you to be at the beam seat of Christ? Where at least you, your works as, as they're tried can come out the other side as gold tried in the fires. I pray that you have that. I pray that each and every one of you obtain so you may be able to cast crowns and treasures at the Savior's feet. This is what the Apostle Paul prayed for and when he prayed for all the saints. That your work may abound. That they may be able to glorify God through the works. Now lastly tonight, as we look at these last few verses of Scripture, verse 9 down through verse 14 of Colossians 1, the Bible says, For this cause we also, since the day we heard of it, do not cease to pray for you, and to desire that you might be filled with all knowledge of His will, and all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing. Have you walked worthy of the Lord tonight? Church family, have we walked worthy unto the Lord this week, the last month, this last year? Has our life portrayed a sense of worthiness? You say, well, I ain't worthy. Well, no, none of us are worthy. But we are made worthy through the righteousness of Jesus Christ and His shed blood. Do not abuse that beautiful privilege of being made worthy by the righteousness of Christ. Do not walk in an unworthily manner. Do not walk with mischief in your eyes and hatred in your heart. Do not walk to be that one who strives to stir up trouble in the church. But be that one who's always willing to encourage, to uplift, to promote for the glory of God and for His righteousness. The Apostle Paul, he closes this opening portion of this letter with an encouragement to the faithful. He prayed that they would grow in the Word. Folks, it's hard to grow in the Word when people sleep. It's hard to grow in the Word when people doodle around and draw little pictures or make cutouts or plan for future events. It's hard to grow in the Word when we're sitting and wondering with our minds or thinking about what I have not covered or what I have not mentioned. Just take time to hear the Word of God. Soak it up like a sponge. Then you'll be strengthened as it speaks of in Colossians 1.11. You'll also know how to walk the Christian walk, as it says in Colossians 1.10. And you will gain the knowledge of His will. You know, I've been asked, how do you know the will of God? There's only one way to know the will of God. That's to get in His book. That's to walk in His ways. That's to stay close to Him and pray for Him. Pray with Him. Praying to Him. That's how we're to know the will of God. 
You wish to find out how the will of God is for your life? I've spoke this a hundred times. Getting God's Word and getting God's Word prayerfully. And He will begin to reveal Himself unto you day by day, month by month, year by year. He'll continue to reveal what His will is for your life. Be faithful to hear the man of God as he delivers the message as the Holy Spirit leads him. Then you can find the joy and peace which passes all knowledge and understanding. This is the way the Apostle Paul opened up the church, the letter to the church at Colossae. He was there to encourage them. He wrote to to commend them for their work's sake. And he wrote to commend them for their unity's sake. Folks, there's no, there's no greater church. There's no greater church than a church that's with the Word, that loves one another, and that's in unity with one another. That's the greatest church in the world. It's one of the most powerful churches in the world. Is a church that's unified and loving one another. And may God help us to be in that place. Let's all stand, please. How that we can learn from them. Lord, how that we can grow by them. Lord, I pray.